<laughs> All right, let's bring our band in. Uh, All right. Here, here comes closure. One, two, and I think that's everybody we've got right now. Hello, everyone. Hello. Zach, you're cool. You're, you're, we can't hear you, Zach. Uh, Zach, you're muted. Try it one more time. Uh, I think he's unmuted. Now he, let's see. He may need to jump out and then jump back in. A lot of times, yeah, the audio will do some weird stuff. Yeah, yep. it's freezing yeah. too. It is a actually. I'm gonna to be your friend and then have him completely come back. Uh, let's see. Anyway, we is uh, oh, did we lose another one? Do we lose Mike? We no, All right, we did. Oh, we're dropping like flies here, people. Okay. <laughs> I'm here, guys. Do not worry. I'm here. Right, right. All right. right. <laughs> hey, we'll see. Can there we, we go. go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, lady and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Glad Thank to have you. you. So, uh, we we were basically saying that this is kind of like a a, a meet the band type thing. You you haven't been on the show before. I know I've seen you guys live once, but the lineup was different the, the time I saw you guys. Uh, so briefly, give us a rundown of who Closure is. I'm going to let one of the mics take over that one right now. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got you, bud. Cool, cool. So, um, you know, yeah, we've absolutely gotten to see a couple of you guys at a live show. Fantastic time, um, but we absolutely are a completely different group now. Um, we've got myself and Matt and the other Mike um, as kind of the, the base, and we decided to kind of go in a different direction. We didn't really hold anything back when it came for us looking for a new front person, and um, uh, Nikolai just kind of fell in our lap. Um, and we were blown away with her right off the bat. So, I mean, it really wasn't a hard choice for us. Um, Zach joined um, during that same timeline as, as well. Zach uh, was in a previous band that opened for us while we went out on tour last year. I think that was when we actually went to the cannery. Um, but at a different, different show, Zach. Uh, open for us and we were just blown away by his live stuff i mean the guy is just an animal on stage just super fun nikolai's resume speaks for itself so now we're just kind of putting this together uh, and just trying to see where it goes but we're excited so far so nikolai what tell tell us your story where you got to closure um to be honest with you Prior to like two or three years ago, I never took like singing seriously. And uh, with my last band, we had a, like a lot of accomplishments. I mean, I got to do Louder Than Life. I did Rockville twice. I uh, was direct support and um, opener for Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, The Used, Story of the Year, Less Than Jake. So if you would have asked me three years ago or like during those three years last year, I would have thought that everything was perfectly fine and dandy. But um. I had a very sudden um, breakup with the band and there was a lot of things going on. And, you know, um, music to me is very like transcendental where whatever I'm going through quite literally will mirror what I'm writing or what I'm inspired in order to like make my visionary like movements with music videos and whatnot. And when the band broke up, um, ironically, their manager, um, Nolan with MK Management, kind of started messaging me on Instagram. And at that time, I was just done. It sounds really strange, but music to me was always like a dream. And to be in my first band and do so well, when it ended so bad, it almost kind of made me not want to do music anymore. And with the help of Nolan and honestly, the help of like Mike, our drummer, I was talking to them a lot back to back. And it just, it was like two or three conversations over the phone. I thought that these guys, am I allowed to cuss in this radio station or no? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, cool. So I, I thought that these guys were absolutely full of shit um, because they were just too nice. Like, I know this sounds so strange, but the position that I was in prior, I was used to bandmates that are neck and neck. And I was used to passive aggressiveness and, you know, a lot of like artist personalities where they don't want to say it, but they say it and just constant passive aggressiveness. So meeting them like two or three times on like Zoom calls, 
I was like, holy shit, are these guys even real? And I flew out to Alabama. And within the first practice, <laughs> it was literally me and um, Cordell, the guitarist, and um, Matt, the other guitarist. Within one practice, you know, we wrote The Devil Effect just like that. And it was an inspiration from like all the, the breakups and the heartaches that I was going through within that time. And I think I really only had like two or three months, you know, of like healing time from the last breakup. So then when I met Closure, it was in a weird way between the name being Closure, but then also having a bunch of like veteran bandmates that just were just strong, kind of minded and very like supportive bandmates. It was everything that I needed. And after one practice, I talked to them like two or three times and like the decision was like final. And I mean, within months of like me meeting the band, we found Zach like a month later and the band already loved Zach. And ironically, Zach already saw me perform once at Louder Than Life. So it was almost as if all of our accomplishments that we accumulated separately brought us together for like that one final and all. I mean, this is going to sound cheesy when I say this, but it kind of all gave us closure, so to speak. And then that's kind of how we found each other. And it's weird. And I don't like to talk about like emotional aspects, but it was a very emotional journey as for myself. Because they never had a female front, and I'm clearly very feminine and very feminine presenting. So, you know, seeing how sweet and kind they were to me and how the manager was very persistent towards me and how Mike was extremely, like, loving towards me and, like, told me, like, every step of the way, like, hey, we're not going to do what, like, happened to you again. Like, we really want this music because we couldn't imagine ourselves anything but doing music. I was, like, finally a vision. You know, the music industry, it's very weird. It's very shady sometimes. So to be able to find, like, your own army or your own family, which I literally put in the lyrics for our first single for the world to actually hear me with closure, I meant it. Like, it literally felt like I was welcomed home. Awesome. So Mike and Mike, tell me what from where you guys started at and where this is. Where are you headed for 2024? So I'll let Mike talk for the first part because he's on ship rock. So I don't want to lose him in case he gets some bad. Definitely don't want him to get a peer or anything and we'll lose yeah. it. <laughs> Again. Yeah, my connection's hit or miss right now. Yeah. I just came from seeing Matt James perform and freaking up front and it's it's been a great day. <laughs> Blacktop <laughs> Mojo. Uh, uh what a vocalist. It, it's been a it, it's <laughs> yeah. It's been wrapping up to be a really great year. Um I can tell you right now when I wrote uh When I wrote uh, Walking the One of the songs. One of the it's songs. It's very emotional for me because that I wrote hasn't that. hasn't been released One yet. of the songs that we're about to put out hadn't been released yet. The first time that I heard Liz sing it, I wrote that song for her. I didn't know it at the time, but it meant more to me when she sang that than any other time I heard it. And it's, I really feel like for the first time ever in this band, we have all the right pieces. We have all the right people. We have the right amount of drive. And I really feel like we have a future, a great future. It's, uh, and go ahead, Mike. Like I said, that's my emotional stuff. That's all of it. Yeah, so we've got some, <laughs> some great Unless things. Unless you have any other questions. Yeah. No, we're good. So we've got some great things going into 2024. Uh, we've got the Devil Effect coming out on yep. the 9th. Um, as we're going to, you know, go into that here in a minute. And then uh, we've got a little mini tour run that we're going to do just to kind of get our legs back on underneath this. Because I'm all the way in India. Um, I work over here. Um, so to get the live show performance in tight, you know, we're, we're going to go ahead and get that done. So we're going to go out on the four-day run with the Almas. Um, we're excited about those guys. They're yeah, big we, time we just, friends just of found ours. out. Some of our friends are going to be joining you on two of those dates. Transient, uh, transient is going yeah. to be hitting hitting the road yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Um, guess, yeah. Can't go into too many specifics, but we do have a few more songs we're going to look, release throughout the year, and then we've got a major tour that we're we've got planned in the summer July time frame with some uh, national national bands that we're, we're really starting to become close to. So we're, we're excited about that. But 2024 is looking like a great year so far. Awesome. Well, we're getting ready to premiere the the video for the devil effect. Tell us, Jared, you do it. I like it. You sound better when you do it, when you do it. 
I say we always say on the show you can tell us everything or tell us nothing uh, about the single, the song, or the video. So pick, pick and choose whichever you like. Can I take over this one, guys? He almost just commented. Yeah, we are definitely excited to be hitting the road with them. Anyway, go <laughs> hey, on. almost. Um, so I, when I first wrote the Devil Effect, um, I think selfishly it came from only what I was experiencing. But um, talking to Mike for the very first time when he picked me up at the airport, we got into like a deep conversation and we were talking about family and exes and and then talking to Nolan and talking to Matt, I really got to learn the guys like quickly. So the song at first was a lot about my personal hardships that I, I dealt with recently. But by the second verse and by the third verse and everything, you can start to hear it um, transition more into like everything that we've been led to in order to become the band that we're in. And so with the lyrics, I, I mention a lot about like communicating with worlds unknown because um, in 2022, my father passed and that was ironically the year that I had to do so many tours and I had so many festivals with my previous band and I never really got to heal from that because to lose a parent, to move, to do all of the things that you're doing, you never get to take a moment and breathe. But, but by the second verse, you hear a lot about like, um, you know, families and being your army and your home. And it was a quite literal direct representation of like a lot of my bandmates, a lot of my management is they're, they're veterans. And when you have a very team player mentality and like kind of, I, I don't even really know how to describe it. When I wrote that lyric, it was, it was really important to me because I never was in a situation where I had veterans that had like a very team player mentality and then by the middle to ending of it, you get to hear like a real fuck you homage to everyone that potentially screwed us over or did screw us over. It was kind of like, well, look at us now, fucking suck it. So that's kind of what the song is. It's it's a whole entire storyline of how much bullshit you have to go through. But then the end of it all was like kind of being reborn. And there's a lot of imagery within the music video that I, I really worked one-on-one -on -one with the bandmates and with um thomas with killed double films where i want the representation of like biting the apple because like of original sin but now i'm spitting it out or i was drowning in a bathtub but now i'm submerging out of it and the water's black but like my hair and makeup is flawless you know what i mean i had a lot of the bandmates where like a lot They're of like um, a lot of kind of like Assassin's Creed meets army kind of type clothes. And I wanted that to like seem like they were like my army backing me. I really wanted to have a lot of imagery where if the followers or potential fans or just family and friends watch it, they're going to be able to pick up little bits and pieces of it. And it doesn't have to be a direct storyline. It could literally be anything where anyone can apply their hardships to either watch the music video or hear the song and find something to it. So that is the devil effect. It's quite literally when you get screwed from the devil or anybody that is evil, the effect afterwards, if you like kind of push forward and move past it. I like so, it. That's I a did. tell us everything folks. If you're taking notes, yeah. or, <laughs> yeah. put it out there for us. And, yeah. I uh, love the fuck you attitude. Absolutely. <laughs> and I yeah, can't tell you how happy you I stand am. The you guys, you guys is, are yeah. letting us premiere this. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to hit it right now. Here is closure. Right. The devil effect. It's the world premiere on the sound. Well, no, fantastic. fantastic. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Very, Very um, good. there's from, from being a fan of your previous band, um, your voice is very powerful. Thank and you. And when you get really deep into that, into that hook of that song and you hear the rasp start to come out, it really, grabs your attention it's awesome thank you so yeah. much yeah for sure that was that was that was a cool song great video did a great job on the video as well um i want to i want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about the uh the previous band and it not being very cohesive and then getting in with these guys like i've played music in a band with I had the exact opposite experience where we loved music and we were more about like having a party and cooking and hanging out and like if you had something to say, you didn't say it passive aggressively. You were just like, hey, asshole, this is what, you know, what about this? What about that? Like, it's just, it's so crazy to me because I've seen other bands that didn't have that. And it sounded like maybe you didn't either at first. 
like I'd like to expand on like how it is now a little bit more than you already have because to me what a what a terrible thing to like say if you and I know this has happened in a ton of bands got massive success but you're trapped in this fucking toxic environment like that would just be like the worst thing to have your dream come true inside of a shit box right yeah. like <laughs> now that's not the case you know yeah I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you I mean I while I understand my accomplishments yeah. are crazy to be able to say that I did those festivals and the views that I did get. And I think a lot of people kind of really started to like recognize me around like my local area. It started to feel that way. You know, obviously when the band first grouped, I don't think anybody, any of us had an intentions to like be passive aggressive or to be negative and whatnot. And now, honestly, I kind of make a joke of it. I, I couldn't give a shit if they hear it or not, but um in the beginning of the like of the relationship because being in a band it is kind of like having a relationship you're either best friends or you feel like if you have a female in the band they somehow always become like the mom or the wife of the group in order like to like reel in the boys back so it's just it's one of those things and and the beginning of like the band and relationship I, i'm sure it was fine we also didn't know what the hell we were doing while my post bandmates or my ex-bandmates were in the music industry for a really long time, I really was new. Like I was 21, 22, and I was just trying it for the first time around. So in the ending time, like when my dad got really sick, I mean, before we even got our first big break and we played House of Blues, my father was in ICU. And, you know, there was a difference between that first time I played House of Blues where um, they were like, hey, if you want to cancel, you can cancel. Like, my dad was strapped to tubes, and I didn't even know if my father was going to die or not. And I was 22 years old. I was petrified, you know, to, you know, it was my father's, you know, wake or funeral, and those same bandmates three years later are like, hey, are you going to be good for tour in a month? And that was it. Like, it, I mean, it, it really did shift. So looking back at it now, you know, would I take back what it was? No, because I'll be honest with you, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to deal with Malcolm Springer, our producer, because he was an intense personality. And and dealing with my bandmates that I dealt with, um, I think it kind of made me tougher. And I would have had absolutely no experience, absolutely no stage presence. I wouldn't have had any kind of role. And now when I go by my name, Nikolai, which is my legal name, but it's my last name, it means that much more. Because after my father's passing, I feel like it's a way for me to make that name even more worthwhile because I don't have my dad watching me anymore, but I feel like I can put value to that name. It sucks to think that there are bands that are like that. And I've even met some people that are like that. And, you know, I've seen people lo like lose the love of art. And I think after my band breakup, I felt like I did lose it. Finding closure and talking to the bandmates and everything. Like I genuinely am so beyond happy. Prior, I was a mid twenties, early twenties, really angsty little rock and roll bitch. Now I just feel like I'm a tough ass chick that can handle a lot and have a lot to say. But it, it's a very real thing. And I, I don't know how it happens. I don't know if people separate over time. I don't know if, you know, one thing led to another and, and it probably wasn't an overnight thing but you know it happens more often than likely and, and a lot of the times bands stick together not even for each other but they stick together for the sake of either money fame or the fans and i'll be honest with you my fans were the only reason why i was loving music because i wouldn't be excited to get on stage with my bandmates i would be excited to get on stage sing and then immediately get off the stage so i can just meet the fans now it's like i'm excited to talk bullshit on group chat every day for two hours i'm excited to brainstorm new music i'm even more excited and happier than ever to meet the fans because joining closure i was petrified if they were even gonna like a female front and people like brian and kendra and pepper gomez and scott that just accepted me with opening arms it's like it's weird my tour manager which was my best friend that used to do merch for my old band and now she's tour managing us when we met Closure the first time together, we literally had two days to get to know each other with my tour manager. We recorded in like four days. We recorded the music video in one day. And I remember my best friend Kat and my photographer, my other best friend, they were like, dude, this feels NPC as shit. Like none of this feels real because they're too fucking nice. 
And that's when it dawned on me that like, thank God, whatever situation's over and done with. Because even my loved ones, my family, my friends were taking bullshit because they loved me and they saw how happy it made me on stage. Now we're all just one big fucking happy dumbass family. And I think even fans can kind of tell that. Like even my friend, like my friends, like my friends and family now, when they see me at bars or fans that see me from my old band, they're like, oh my God, you look better. Oh my God, you lost weight. Yeah, because I'm genuinely fucking happy now. What so if, it's what just if, what so about that uh, said you said you could cuss. Yeah, right, right. You could tell she's being way more real. And <laughs> I'm being way more real and genuine. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. New Yorker comes out of me. I'm sorry. What, uh, what, what about uh, uh, geographically, uh, y'all's location? You said you flew to the uh, great state of Alabama to meet yeah. these fine. I'm assuming southern gentlemen here. Uh, where, where are y'all all located? Like normally, I'm. We're. Question. Fuck off. Uh, that was good, Matt. I like that. I like that. I'm sorry too, by the way. Uh, but yeah, where are y'all? So I'm from Florida, and then I'll let the other guys. Like I'm from Florida. Matt's not here, so I'll speak for Matt. Matt and Mike, um, Cordell, they're from Alabama, and then I'll let the other two speak for themselves. Uh, I'm also in Alabama, or at least my family is, but I work overseas in India, so. I am over here. <laughs> when you said India earlier, I was like, did he leave off the Anna. Indiana, like Indiana? Yeah. Or does he know. mean really the country India? Yeah. I don't know if you could see that paint, but you don't get that in the U.S., my friend. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no one has an orange room unless they're in a mental hospital. Yeah, that's, that's prime, <laughs> prime real estate India right there, my friend. That's awesome. I, that's that's really cool. And then what about yeah. you, Zach? Where are you? Where are you? It's really not. So I'm, I'm from Kentucky. Um, funny enough, actually, our lead guitar player, Mike Cordell, he is also a Kentucky guy. And uh, and I met them playing a show in Owensboro around here. I'm just kind of linked in. It's been a great time ever since, though. Bourbon guys or what? I can in the great state of Kentucky. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Me and Mike, yeah. Uh, all right, good deal. Okay, so how do you uh, – I love asking this question. Like, how do y'all – how do you write? Is it is it digital? Is it record something, send it, send it, send it in a group chat? Like, is that how y'all do it? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, slightly digital. Um, with the, I, I will say we have four singles pre-recorded, so that much I can say. With those four singles, um, it was mostly digital for Mike because he's in India and he really can't practice. But I flew to and from Alabama about two or three times. Because as much as they like, you know, send over tracks, because I'm the singer, I'm kind of like the last person to always add to things. I don't play a damn instrument with these nails at all. Um, so a lot of the time they kind of have to give me like an idea and then I let them know if I, if I can write to it or not. But it's partially digital. And then I'm going to be honest with you, a majority of the lyrics and the emotion and sometimes the fine tuning always happens when we're in the same room. And I think yeah. it's because we're very like emotionally driven as a band. So we can get a lot of work done on the computer, but when I'm telling you we were rewriting things and um, like we kind of configuring what we wanted for the devil effect and so on and so forth, we were doing that within two days, the day before we go recording. That so, was chaos in that studio. I loved yeah. every minute of it, but Malcolm man, we Springer. went in there drama bonded. Yeah, Malcolm <laughs> oh, Springer, nice. phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. producer, and I couldn't recommend that guy any harder. You need to have some fucking like chutzpah to deal with that dude because he is intense but um i mean we were at one point there was one of our songs i won't say which one but there was a song that we almost completely rewrote you know lyrics didn't change but certain ways that i i sang it changed and like instrumentalization changed completely but um i think because we have so much time separate from each other we write a lot we come up with the core concept and then when we're actually in the room that's when we really start like piecing everything together and, and finalizing. Yo, it. fuck that! Malcolm Springer is the most intense dude I've ever worked with in he my is. entire fucking life, and I've been to I've been to war, bro. I've been to Iraq and <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> like, that's I'm not you, kidding. Hey, that's what you need, though, right? You got to have a little friction in there to make some good shit. Listen, you know, I mean, this guy he pulled the absolute best out of us. I could see him eating bands for lunch, though. I'm yeah. talking I'm like day one, they just split up. 
I'm going to be honest amazing. with you. He pulled the best out of us. What's up? Me and Malcolm Springer hit it off really well. I mean, we were nice going to, to you, damn it. Yeah, we were going <laughs> to together. He called me you didn't have to change star. shit. Listen, yeah. you had you, your nice you little vocal booth while we were all upstairs in the fucking Thunderdome. Getting yelled at. Yeah. And turn the air conditioning off. I'll make these bastards work. Let's go. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, he would say stuff like, "Okay, now let's play that again and not suck." Right, right. right. Oh, I like this right. guy. Hey, that was I perfect. flew all the way from India for this shit. He's like, are you kidding me? Right. It sounds like it was a case you went in there and he was like, "Nick, like, come here, have, have some tea, and you know, sit back for your feet up." But I go and whip these boys in shit. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm telling you about like I want to say sixty percent of our stuff was rewritten. 30% was my lyrics, and my lyrics were never touched. The other 60% was just, it was the weirdest thing ever. I think he only changed, like, one song of mine, and all he was like, yeah, just cut off that one piece and cut out that piece. You're doing fine, sweetie. I mean, there were times where he would yell at them, and then he would come downstairs, and my tour manager would be making me tea, and then she'd be like, hello, Mr. Springer, do you want a tea, too? And he's like, I would love some. Extra honey for First me, of all, please. get the accent I like right, sweet. because he talks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't say, I would me, love some. He said, I would love some. No, to yeah. me, he was so sweet and kind. I mean, we used to, like, ride in the car rides, and we would talk about his children and my cats. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah, fellas, I'm picking, up, I'm picking up version. what y'all are putting down. I, I see the discrepancy here and how y'all were bro. treated. So yeah, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up some sexism, you. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, a wait a minute, wait a minute. There was no was passive aggressiveness game. from this gentleman. <laughs> he treated you like a lady with respect. Oh. Absolutely. Right. I swear you know, to God. He gave the boys the good old one, too. He gave us a two-piece <laughs> and told us to go to KFC. Hey, yeah, look, I, as long as the product, you know, it improved the, the song and made it better, 100%. then that's, you know, you got you can't get to the big leagues, us. baby, without uh without getting punched in the mouth a little bit. So. Bro, you are not right. lying there. <laughs> I will say one thing. Springer has an interesting way of recording um, because normally what we would do is – um you kind of like send in a demo to like whatever producer recording person that you're working with at the time. And then a lot of the times individually, each and every artist would record their parts one by one. Springer had this very interesting concept. And I think you could tell that we were an emotional, you know, driven band. And he isn't like, he might be intense, but he does. He definitely does listen. He might talk a lot. He might talk very intensely, but he hears everything you say. And our first day in the recording studio, he made us run through every song, like one full take. And I remember he like sat down with me, totally chill, and was like, hey, uh, I need you to drink your tea. I need you to take your Ricola. I need you to sing these lyrics as if you're singing in the studio for real. This is not a demo for you. Odds are I'm going to use your vocals that you're doing on this take. And that was absolutely petrifying for me personally because... I literally flew into Alabama, drove to Tennessee. I was not sleeping much. As a vocalist, you need that rest because your body is the instrument. And I was petrified because I was like, oh, my God, just the two days prior, I was singing for eight hours in a row, and now I have to sing. And I want to say at least like 65 70% of the music that you're hearing from The Devil Effect and from even the other tracks, maybe at least 50% were all from the first original takes from that demo. And I think well, he himself hold on. realized. I'm glad you... I'm glad you got that warning because we got okie doke. They didn't tell us that shit. Did not <laughs> tell, didn't warn us, nothing. It was, man, hey, fellas, let's go. Your boy over hey. here was the one take wonder that whole week. Yeah. 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 He's like, boys, you don't need to know what we use and what we don't use. You just keep playing and shut up. Yeah. Honestly, That's exactly. But when I'm telling you, when you hear the devil effect and you hear that raspiness, my voice isn't always typically that raspy. I think because I had a lot of anger and there's a difference between singing your music in a, in a black recording booth and not seeing a single bandmate and then singing with your bandmates and you can see them across the like hallway room. Cause I had a glass window and they had a glass window. I mean, I was pulling from a lot of anger and you can almost hear that grit. And were I think it was. Were y'all live tracking what you just described or was this still individual parts? It was all live track. I mean, the, guitarists and the basses were pretty much plugged in we were yeah. recording drums live and it was my vocal in like a different room but i could still see them through the windows and okay. i feel like you can almost feel that anger like there's a lot of parts where you hear my voice crack and malcolm would refuse to auto-tune it he's like absolutely not right. i can tell that you're pissed and that's why we're keeping it we were talking so, about that there was a lot of anger 
we were talking about that a lot of anger uh about about how everything gets a little too clean a little too produced a little too um you know you, you don't allow those little tiny imperfections air quotes come through to make you sound unique you know and, and i get where he's coming from with that like if we're not auto-tuning a, a crack that that fits like that for sure yeah so i mean that was a really interesting experience that was probably the only time that i feel like malcolm was even slightly mean to me and even then he was nice about it so. and that would that would have been a little bit of a pre-production thing is that is that kind of how you were describing that that was like the first run of everything together with everybody yeah Honestly, yeah. so we had two days of pre-production, quote unquote, right. where, you know, obviously Malcolm knows how to write good music and make good music. So um, we went into a garage of an Airbnb and he just beat the shit out of us for two days and then brought well, us not to me. the studio. With me, he liked me. <laughs> she was drinking I mean, tea. I was taking his tablet and writing like love notes like Malcolm Springer loves Nikolai and like flowers. And then I'd give him his tablet back and he'd look at it and go, huh. Anyways, Same. boys. Yeah, that's why y'all didn't so. get the treatment. We had uh, we had Matt join us here, man. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, brother. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, let's hear from our Matt and our Lisa. I don't. I think I flipped my screen around, so it ain't working good. Why, why don't y'all uh, throw some some haymakers out there for us? <laughs> yeah, because you know I like asking the difficult questions. Um. So first things first, Mike. I love the shirt. Uh, that's good friends hate, yeah, yeah good yeah. friends of the station yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Nikolai it sounds like you have discovered a newfound love for the music and your passion seems to be back it seems like from the sound of it in your previous project because there was all that you know passive aggressiveness you sort of like lost your passion and drive a little bit and it feels like what you're saying now is like You've got it back, and I love hearing that because when you've got that passion and drive, and you've got that love for the music, you can put out the best product you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, think about it. I met these guys in September, November. You know, Zach joined the group. December, I was posted publicly that I was in the band. In November, we recorded our single, and then you know, January, we were finalizing things. February, you're hearing the first song, and I think the only reason that's even possible. I mean, think about this. We're all in different states. A majority of us are split apart. And, you know, there's bands that take months to write four songs, let alone find mm. their singer, then find a bassist, then write four songs, then hone down a videographer, a producer, find an Airbnb, record all the four songs, record the music video, and then get into like, and you know how, I mean, I don't know if... Yeah. A lot of listeners know, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work when it comes to just like ads and trying to get magazines to like want to, you know, do an interview on you or, or, or even finding, you know, a lot of radio stations and podcasts that are willing to like kind of shine a spotlight and and show the new work that you have to show. I mean, the only way I think that was possible was because not only did I find a whole new inspiration, but I think all of us in general did. And that's why I talk a lot in this interview, because I'm just so beyond. I like excited. it. I like but, it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I love it. And Mike, you said at the start of the interview, you sort of like changed direction a little bit when you brought Nikolai on. Uh, do you think you found your sound now? And this goes out to everyone. With the products you've got with this lineup, with the singles coming out and where you see it going. Now, this isn't, I can ask you, you know, where do you want to be in five, five years' time? Like, and you can say Grammy Award winning Mike Platinum album selling nights. Where do you realistically see closure being in five years' time? So, yeah, we've completely 180. Um, we've had some moderate success before. Um, as far as what we've been able to do in the past, Nicola's got her resume. But uh, I think because it is such a drastic, just not just not with switching to a female front but again like our stage show now is is going to be incredible uh zach is a monster on stage matt is a monster on stage nikolai i mean the, the, the live show is what i think is going to really speak um instead of just the recording stuff um but as far as our goals we i'm sorry nikolai has that rare thing going on too not a lot of people do it, but her live performances just fucking smoke all of the, all of her studio stuff. 
I don't. It's it's rare. You don't see it often. I think sometimes in studio, you're like nervous about being too perfect. With live performances, I like to like show off that I can belt a little bit higher or like do a couple more riffs and runs. Obviously, not too much. I'm not gonna Christina Aguilera that shit, but like, you know. I, I do like to do that sometimes, but I think that's another reason why I love music so much is because I never wanted to be that auto-tune artist. And so finding Malcolm Springer where he's like, we're not cutting that. I'm like, thank fucking God. I'm literally talking about being angry in this lyric. Why would we take that vocal crack or why would we take that like nuance? But back to the question of where do we want to be in five years? Yeah. So I think the real push for us this year is we, uh, we, we would like to get signed uh, this year. We've had some some great um, people reaching out to us, um, but we just haven't found that right fit as far as the label. So that's really the next immediate goal um, is to get us out of our day job to really just be able to perform because of how close we are now. Our writing is so fast that we need to be together. We need to be in the same room. We need to be you know, able to write and, and go on. So. I think that's our, our next goal. We've got a, a great tour coming up, but really as far as five years from now, if I'm still beating around on the drums and I'm with my family playing music, I, I don't care, honestly, where the next five years takes us as long as that's where we're at. However far that goes, sure, let's let, let's take it as far as the wheels go off, for sure. I want to ride this thing until it stops. But just being able to play in the same group with these guys and girls, like that's, that's all I care about now, to be honest with you. Uh, once we get signed, that's, we'll let the label go and, and see where they want to take this sucker. But I feel like if you have that passion and the love for music, there is no boundaries for you. There really isn't. It's, you know, we talked about love to hate. Love to hate is very similar to that. Those guys are so great live because you can truly tell, like with J Rod and, and all those guys now, like they just truly love being on a, on stage with each other, and that's something you can't fake, you can't mimic that, and that's that's where we're gonna be at now. And so, however far we go, I don't care. I love to ride it till the wheels go off, but you know, only time is gonna tell. Selfishly, I just want to have Slash and Gene Simmons number personally on my phone. Um, that would be really fucking dope. And I want like a makeup company to be like, hey, you should model our makeup. And I have like a line. Oh, and then I want to I want a, a Reddit page of how I like potentially sold my soul to the devil or how I'm saved. Or like if I can get like a conspiracy theory like Avril Lavigne where like I died and was replaced, that would be really dope too. Those are just my put, goals. put little <laughs> Easter eggs in your videos every time you do one where it's like just kind of drop clues to one of those yeah. theories. Yeah, look, we, 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 we can start that now. Like Nikolai isn't yeah. really here. She's a bot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to start drawing my freckle and then like inching it like a different part of my face for every yeah. album. Yeah. You know? And so like Maybe I don't know. I think that'd be really dope. I would love to have a conspiracy theory in five years about me. Yeah, <laughs> that's just I don't great. know why. But Paul McCartney, like Paul McCartney, they you know they said he died a long time ago as well. So yeah, I am know. the walrus. That's a very real yeah. thing. I believe it yeah. sometimes. I'm not mad at that. I think that's a good. That's my favorite goal out of all the ones I've listed. So I'm into that one. That's the favorite goal <laughs> I've ever heard ever from a band. Honestly, <laughs> who are honestly, you? I just want to get big enough that to have a internet conspiracy. Dude, I, honestly, if I make like a decent amount, right? Like nothing like crazy, like just a decent amount. But I can go and type in Nikolai conspiracy, right? 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 Dopest thing ever. But I want like yeah. thousands of people to be on it. Like I genuinely want like a whole entire subculture of like. How you want to something's see, not real. Do you want to see people putting like pictures of you from like live to like social media together? Oh my make, God. Absolutely. Make it, well, making points that even you're like, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. And I didn't, right? I mean, I'm, I know it's not true, but I, I'm almost a fucking red Yeah. And maybe I, maybe oh, yeah. I don't even know. And it's true. Oh yeah. Just like, like really bad photoshops, you know, no, I mean, that like, shit right now. Dude, I'm totally, I mean, think yeah. about it. Closure. If we yeah. get signed to Rebel Effect, like Two hours. right there, right there, like automatically Illuminati right. confirmed. And I'm pretty right. sure in one of my like lyric tracks that I like was just promoting the band song. Exactly. I do this with my hand. Time, so yeah. like, it's all you gotta do. give me oh, a conspiracy Lord. theory. And then also Gene Simmons and Slash's phone number personal. Where I can yeah. like, just want somebody to call me overrated. 
Like, that's it. Yeah, just call me overrated, dude. I'm cool like, with like, that. Like, I want, like, whenever my name gets mentioned, I just want people to be like, I can't stand that overrated motherfucker. Like, like right. that's the goal right there. Yeah. Y'all yeah. have the right perspective. I can t I can tell you because that, that's correct. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Bring it back in, Kevin. That, that's back one. In. That's one of the best things I've heard on this show in a while. Yeah, yeah. you're it welcome. Is. It literally is a thin drop. I have yeah. I have one last question, and it's something that Mike touched upon. Now, a lot of these bands and a lot of these artists, the, the sound supports, and you know. They're all independent, and independent is a big thing in a minute because everyone's giving a big F you to labels, basically. Now, I know why you want to sign. Let's tell the people why you would want to sign with a label rather than staying as independent. So for I me, mean, um, uh, signing... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt uh, Elizabeth. N Nikolai, excuse me. Um, the reason why I think is because the, the label is going to help you initially, especially when you're newer and we can, we can talk about our past history, but the closure that we have right now is brand new. So in order to get that out, the label will really help you kind to broaden your horizon with your fan base and really kind of help take that, you know, to the next level, if that's what you want to call it. That's what yeah. labels are designed to do. I mean, they're trying to make money, so they're going to put your name out there and try to make money off it. That's fine. Let them make money off of us for a few years. Let's let's grow and see where it goes after that. But for anybody, I understand the, the caveats and the kicks about labels. 100% understand that. Um, but there's a reason why Seven Dust is signed to a label with a million followers. There's a reason why Evanescence is signed to a label. Those, those folks help push your music out to people that will never hear you if it weren't for them. So, yeah. And obviously coming from like the day, like the state and day that we are now where like TikTok can make you go viral and everything. It's not always proven that like TikTok makes the best music go viral, you know? And I mean, labels for the most part are almost like a glorified loan, but in order to create a really good product and you know the music video that we created the, you know the studio that we recorded out and then obviously every other dream and aspiration that we have even if it's just a glorified loan i think we all believe in our work enough that we can take that loan and, and make something of it and then the label can make something of it and it, it'll be just a kind of there's a word for it where like two people like get something out of the deal symbiotic symbiotic whenever i think of that i think of the shark that has the fish that like swims next to it yeah and, like, it, you know i don't know why but um i feel like it could be like a symbiotic kind of relationship and that's kind of why we we want to go for that because with the way we record with how much we are very big in like imagery and music videos and we're really into like going on tours and we're not like a radio online band that only just uploads TikToks. I mean, mind you, I'm doing it. I'm literally doing TikToks of me singing my fucking song in the middle of the woods with the camera going in and out of my face. I mean, I'm doing it. But we're more so of a touring act, of a very artistic, heavy artistic core with the music videos, the imagery, you know, the merch and all that. And that's kind of what we hope to be, you know, constantly in people's faces, constantly doing live shows, constantly in the studio recording and, and making art. Right. And it's a label opens doors for you because a lot of this industry is not what you know, it's who you know. Who you know. 100%. You know, those, those yeah, big labels can get you the, the European, Australian, UK tours. They can, you know, put money behind you because a lot of these up and coming bands, they struggle with having the finances to fund like radio campaigns and, you know, going on tour essentially and stuff like that. Whereas these labels can fund that. And like you say, it's that little loan, so to speak, that can help you grow. Yeah, no, it's true. And I will say, like, between, and, and, and I do want to say this just because I, I think that there's respect owed to a lot of the listeners nowadays, and I'm sure you guys can understand that, like, you know, having your own, like, radio show and everything. A lot of people are starting to wake up, and with, like, the help of internet, you know, you're able to find radio shows where the people actually give a shit about the music. You're able to find bands that, you know, aren't over-processed and auto-tuned and slammed to a grid, but, you know that label or whatever production company or whoever you know 
they can help. So while yeah. I'm so beyond grateful for like specifically the closure fans, because I have fans of my own that have, you know, kind of been courted into like the new band. But like while I'm extremely grateful for like the closure fans, because we do have a really good fan base where, you know, I'm seeing the comments and I am reading them as like we speak, where they're extremely supportive. Those fans not only could use the help too, where like just imagine now if a label does pick us up. And now we get to bump into more fans like that that maybe weren't able to ever meet Mike or Zach in person or me in person. Now they can meet us on the internet and then those fans can see us at like, you know, live or concert. It only gets bigger and better. And that's even more yeah. shows and that's even more music. And and now we're able to be 100% of what we need to be. So I, I think the fans are in a better position now where they can demand more from the labels by showing that support and by showing smaller artists. But like now the labels can actually see and like actually start promoting like real or big bands because for a while it, it was just a lot of TikTok yeah. and like YouTube artists that were just covering other music and they were trying to create the next rock star. Well, now we're in a weird position where a lot of the followers and fans are taking back control and labels are looking to sign more acts now because, you know, fans have a bigger voice than ever. And labels are now trying to figure out how to seem more human and more realistic than ever. From what uh, I noticed, Lisa, what what what's your take on that? I saw you kind of want to jump in there a little bit. Uh, you know what? No comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment on the no, label. I, no, I no. categorically disagree. Uh, really? I think that uh, a label, while it opens doors for many artists, I think that the work starts individually with the artist and yeah. promoting themselves. Um, it might open up the reach in terms of more fans and internationally, of course. I think that I see a lot of artists that are signed to labels and mm -hmm. they're not promoting them more than the band is. They say, oh, new artist announcement. There it is. Great. And then you don't see anything really further. It has yes. to start with the band. And that's about their own social media and their own content, you know. So I, I don't. I kind of, I kind of asked you that to speak to that, just because I kind of felt like you were on the same wavelength that I was. I don't think anything that you were saying about wanting to get signed or anything is wrong at all for for no, the reasons doors. that you. Right, like for the for the reasons that you mentioned, obviously an injection of money, exposure, connections, tours, connect. Like, yeah, that it makes a ton of sense. But like you said, it could be considered a glorified loan. And inside of that loan, they're going to want a lot of shit because they're taking all the risk when it comes to handing out the money, right? And they you own your likeness. They own everything. Correct. And then nowadays, uh, there's a great interview out there from Jelly Roll, of all people, uh, mm -hmm. about artists that don't even own their name. Like right. you wouldn't even potentially could, if, you know, you don't have to sign anything, but like wouldn't even own closure. You wouldn't even know right. to be able to say that name without them giving you permission. And there are large artists out there that have signed deals like that. Um, yep. It's not a terrible thing, but I think what Lisa's trying to say and what I was thinking as well is, is like where your guys' positions at right now, you've already met each other, you've recorded a song, you've put out a killer video, and you're building that fan base now. So build, 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 and get to a point where you have so much leverage that if they do approach you with something, the deal will always be, 60 40 in your favor at you know and never get screwed because you've already proved to them there the risk is is mitigated because you have the socials that are real not bought right with with x and number of followers x number of downloads it's like look asshole i don't have to prove it to you i'm already booking out clubs that do this do that you want to get me to the next level yeah we'll go in it together but you're not going to prey on me is is the is where we're at with that so right. to clarify i think when McCann gave that answer. And I know that this is where I come from in the bandmate, Nikolai speaking only for Nikolai. When we were talking about wanting to get signed, it's not that we wanted to get signed and we thought that was it. It was wanting to get signed because we have so much product. It's just right. sometimes in order to record all that product, when you're paying bills, when you, when you have personal lives and everything, that glorified loan, and that's why ironically I did say glorified loan, right. that does make it a little bit easier. But I go back to what I said prior as to our fans are more important than ever now because with them liking our content, with them, you know, giving us the support and everything, and that's why I wanted to shout out Closure fans and my fans from my previous band, you know, they do have a lot of draw and pull. And 
I would be an absolute bullshitter if I wasn't going to agree with Elisa with the fact that you need to be able to have a build up and, and kind of make a name for yourself. Mm. But we're going to do that inevitably. I mean, just because we got signed to a record label, if we did get signed to a record label, there would be no reasoning that we wouldn't do it. If not, do it 10 times more because anyone that has a job or a side job, well, we're quitting that shit. And now that's all we have to focus on. So it wasn't necessarily a kind of like a easy way out because I've heard, no. I mean, I have friends that have signed the labels and they regret it. It was more so when we find a label that we agree with, right. you know, right. the terms it's and conditions. It's all on the label. I think it comes down to the there. point. I think it comes down to the point where it does open doors and it does, you know, and this is the yeah. point I was trying to get at with asking the question because it's why I don't ask many questions. So I, open, I ask the questions that open a can of worms. So no, it's perfect. more when like bands are signing, not closure per se, but when bands are signing the label, you have to find the best deal that benefits the band, not the label. Yes. Right, and another right. thing is, is everybody has such a different, what's it called, um, storyline. I mean, like, Flyleaf is one of my favorite bands ever, but then I also love System of a Down that's completely, like, opposite. And I have, a, I, have a, I mean, I can't even think right now, but I have so many different bands that I listen to that are either signed or not signed. Mm -hmm. And while this interview, we say that we want to have a label... Who's to say that like our next four singles aren't so phenomenal and we've done such a good job either cross-promoting ourselves that we just decide to go, you know, and do the jelly roll kind of way of just staying like independent. At the moment, in this day, like on February 7th, is that the date? Oh my God, I can't even think straight. Yeah. On yeah. February 7th, that's kind of what we're going for. But like, I don't know if our, you know, idea is going to change. I mean, there's five members there's a manager, there's my best friend who's tour manages us, and my best friend, like, Byron, that does photography for us. There's a lot of people that have our hands in our pot. When we think about it, we're just trying to figure out what's the best way for us, the easiest way to get our music out there, not meaning that it's going to be easy in general, because being in that bathtub that had 30-degree water, going in and out of it five, six times for the perfect role, none of that was easy. Dealing with Malcolm Springer, none of that was easy. But to find support to make it a little bit more easier to make content more consistently because now in this day and age you do have to have music that comes out quite consistently if we can find a way to do that whether that be a label or not we're gonna go for it because we want our fans to hear as much of us as possible and i mean we have at least 20 or 30 songs like literally and i mean i'm pretty sure matt right now wherever Matt is, I can't point to him. Matt Same right way. now has at least a hundred songs in a book. That's like yeah. ready to freaking record. So yeah. that's no, we, kind we, of our standpoint. Yeah, I get it. And it, it wasn't to poke any hole, like at all towards y'all. We have the audience here and we know, we hope we have, uh, the 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 audience member that might just be wanting to start a band or just did start a band or has never played a live show yet. So we like to speak to them as well while we're asking these questions yeah. live. Um, yeah. you know, to kind of broaden the, their their knowledge of of the industry or whatever you know you want to call it. So that's why we, we we dig deeper into these things. We, we touched on some of these mainstream bands, and we touched on like you said, this finding these radio stations to actually give a shit about. You know, like you you you're essentially a new band because of the new lineup and the new sound and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's why we do the sound, and. I'm pretty sure the other three, Lisa, Kevin, and Jared, would agree with me on this. Is the up and coming scene and the music that's coming out in the up and coming scene is better than mainstream, hands down. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree. No, it's true. Speaking of, I mean, that's um, a... both of those band, bands in that grudge match, <laughs> holy shit. But anyway, yeah. go on. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> Var Varsity is sick. <laughs> Varsity's drummer reminds me of from Ashes to New Drummer, just their playing style. Like, my God, that dude's talent is insane. Chris Varsity's Cody. No joke. Yeah. Both Varsity of those fans. Game. Holy hell. Yep. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. We and, that, and that's why we do what we do. And we have guys like you on, and we, you know, having the grudge match, the likes of Varsity, Devour the Day. It's, we're trying to show love and support for this music that people aren't aware of or they're not acknowledging, you know, it's, it needs to happen. 
Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. You know, it, it is, you can write the best song in the world. And unless somebody wants to give us like this kind of opportunity and the other things that we're doing, like it, unless you were given those opportunities, nobody's going to know. I mean, there's yep. just, that's not going to well, I mean, right now, the world. greatest song ever written is being performed in front of a bar or in a bar in front of like three people. Yeah, well, they all the start. They all start out that way, typically. Now it's a yeah. little different, like you say, because of social media, TikTok, and what have you. But you're right. Uh, what is the guy who wrote Richmond North of Richmond that just blew up yeah. on TikTok? Yeah. There was literally videos of him playing at this bar in his area in front of about six people who were ignoring him. Yeah. That popped off, and then the next week, it's like he's playing with. Uh, I forget. He's playing it was for like twenty k. Four hundred people there at a bar that can hold two hundred. Wait, are you talking about the guy that won the Voice who lives in my town? No, I'm talking about okay. the redheaded guy, um, Oliver and, Anthony. Oliver oh, Anthony had Jamie. Yeah. Was it Jamie Johnson yeah. That, yeah. that showed up to his next show and played? Well, yeah. played with, uh, Jamie Johnson. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know that's the power of social media and the internet. It's kind of what we were touching on earlier. I mean, you know. So, but anyway, I think that was a great interview tonight, man. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I love the, I love the track. I love the video uh, that love sometimes you get one and not the other. And it looks like y'all got both. So that's great too. Thank you. Kevin, like are you still with us? <laughs> no, I was looking at the comments. I like that one right there too. Yeah, Free band tour with closure. They're almost in the lines of loyalty. Oh, there Scott, you, you are, you selfish man. <laughs> I have so much love for Scott Adams. He's such an advocate. He's such an advocate for up and coming fans. Uh, I'm not surprised uh, at what he said, dude. I love you so much. I hope one day we actually get to meet. Uh, so, what a fun great story guy. with Scott. We went to Summerfest. We were playing with Nonpoint, uh, September more. Anyway, we were up there. We show up in our little tour van and we get out and Scott is there. No shit. Got eggs, bacon, sausage on the grill cooking for us. Like as we pull in, cooks us dinner. They made us fajitas that night. The very next morning it was back to like pancakes and hash. But like Scott is a dude. That is the Did man. you stay at his house? What's that? Did you stay at his house? No, not yet. We were all out at the the, the campgrounds, and so he, him, him and his, his wife, him and his wife are the best band hosts uh, oh, that I've ever heard of. And fantastic! Yeah, we actually yeah. got to meet them through Blacktop Mojo. No surprise. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great yeah. dude. So you, you, Scott's just a great dude. If anyone's looking to find you, where can they do so? Um, you could honestly just go on officialclosure.com um, or just type in official closure on any platform. I mean, we're official closure on Instagram, X, Threads, Facebook, YouTube. It's official closure. But closure with a Z. With a Z. There you with go. a Z. And she said X too. So we asked that question earlier. So that was cool. You said X. Yeah. yeah. I literally, I just get bored and I like go on every freaking platform possible and just get the official closure. I mean, you might find us on Pornhub. There's just no videos uploaded. There you so, go. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, joking, go I'm joking. joking. <laughs> hey, hey, are you sure about that? I told the last interview, me and Zach were doing like an interview like a week ago. And I said, like, I even got the official closure only fans, except it's only going to be Zach on there. So there might be some fans that are pissed off. There we'll, you we'll, go. we'll upload a post. We'll or not. You don't ever know. You never know. What's that that official I'll sign up now. I'm like a young Randy <laughs> about this shit, man. There's some cougars out there. And I'm about that life. Yeah. What's yeah, that just, southern Kentucky boy, you know? Yeah. We're just, uh, we're official closure on everywhere. But if it's easier, you can just go on officialclosure.com and literally all of our links are there. I'm pretty sure you could pre save the song. And then you could just click any of those like little tiny buttons and find us on all the other platforms. Speaking of pre-saving a song all day tomorrow, yes. you can hear the devil effect on the sound two two eight. Do we have a graphic? Oh, there we go. nailed it! Hell That's yeah. the wrong one. Uh, it is the wrong. <laughs> it should oh, say two eight. Well, I just went into our messages and found the one that popped up. It was close enough. Yeah, it was well, close enough. Pretend, <laughs> pretend that. So yeah, eight. tomorrow. It's well, it's That's actually okay. from midnight tonight. Yeah. Central time. Oh, so that's awesome. Download the app. Drops on February. 9th. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for your time tonight. 
Thank you for having us. to see you on tour in our various areas very soon. Y'all have a great night. Have a good night. Thanks for having us, y'all. Thank you, guys. We'll see you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate the support. If you want to stay up to date with all the things we're doing here at The Sound, be sure to download our free radio app. It's in the App Store or Google Play. Just type in The Sound 228. It'll come right up. Download it on your phone. You can stay up to date with all of our social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can also download the episodes of the podcast and the homegrown show all right there inside of the app go download it now you won't be disappointed and once again we are the sound we are new rock